brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello and welcome to Psychic Teachers. I'm your host, Deb Bowen. And I'm Samantha Fay. And we are just so happy that you are joining us this week. We have a really exciting one of our mystery shows for you this week. We're talking about nine unknown men. Oh, it is a great story. So we hope that you can sit back and maybe make a cup of tea and enjoy the show this week with us. If you are a regular listener to our show, of course, you know that we also begin our episodes with a crystal of the week and an animal person of the week. So, Samantha, would you like to start us off with the crystal of the week? Sure. Our stone this week is a very rare ancient stone, which I thought would be in keeping with our ancient legend we're going to talk about later. It's called Ishua Stone. It's spelled I-S-U-A. It's one of the oldest rocks in the world and is found only in Greenland. They are mined from the oldest pieces of crust on the earth. Ishua stone is made of many different minerals, including magnesium, volcanic rock, iron, and carbon, which means it can be carbon dated. Because it's found in some of the earth's oldest crust, it can tell scientists much about earth dating back almost 4 billion years. It's a metamorphosed mafic rock and is a dark gray to black in color, and is sometimes found with a brown band around it. It's not the prettiest stone you'll find, but it is a really cool ancient stone. Crystalskulls.com says it may provide the basic codes for existence on this planet. And it is even said that research of these rocks has shown that life could come from other worlds. Issue a stone grounds and protects you. It helps you create a union with your soul and your earthly body. It awakens and clears the base chakra and earth star chakra. It helps you connect with ancient wisdom. Ishua Stone helps aid past life recall, astral travel, and connecting with ancient sources of knowledge. And it helps ground people who don't feel at home here on earth. Who is our animal friend of the week? Our animal person of the week is Fox. And I've talked about Fox before, but I felt like he was a pretty appropriate guy to talk about in light of our nine unknown men because fox energy is about camouflage fox energy is who you call on 
when you don't want to be noticed, but you want to observe the world around you. So say, for example, if you are at a party and you just want to observe and watch and see how people are behaving or interactions among other people, that you and you just want to stand in the corner and not be seen, it's Fox Energy that you call on to help you with that. Fox Energy is about allowing you to be protector of your family. Fox Energy is all about family. However we define that term, it's great energy to call on when you're asking for the family of all of us to be protected in some way. If Fox is sharing its medicine with you, say David Carson's and Jamie Sands, it is a sign that you are to become like the wind, which is unseen, yet able to weave in and through any vocation or situation. Fox Medicine helps you to gain confidence in your ability to know what's going on to happen next, so it's great for intuitive. Fox will help you to just understand what you're seeing and, and the world around you. So Fox can use its camouflaging ability to just be hidden and watch and to help you learn to trust your intuition. So call on Fox Medicine for that. Very cool. Well, our topic comes to you today because I read this book over the summer called The Morning of the Magicians. It's an old book from about the 1950s. It's a fascinating read about the history of magic and secret societies and all sorts of cool paranormal stuff. And in that book, they mentioned this legend of nine unknown men. And I thought it was so interesting. I'd never heard of this, so Deb and I decided to bring it to you as part of our ongoing series of Unsolved Mysteries. Now, Legend in India talks about this secret group that they call the Nine Unknown Men. They say it dates back 2,000 years, and it is known to be the most powerful secret society in the world. The group was said to be formed by the Emperor Ashoka, who was the grandfather of Chandra Gupta, who's remembered for unifying India. When the Emperor Ashoka came to power in 273 BC in India, his country had recently gone through a horrendous war where his soldiers killed more than 150,000 people, and the war resulted in more than 200,000 refugees. And so he swore off violence as a result. This really changed his life. He converted to Buddhism and was intent on spreading peace throughout the lands, which at the time included India, Malaya, Salon in Indonesia. He became a vegetarian who also refrained from alcohol, but he was known for his religious tolerance. He did prohibit alcohol and the slaughter of animals, but he never tried to force the conquered people to bend to his views and religious beliefs. He believed it was more important to win people's hearts. He wanted all his people to experience peace and security and be able to live and think freely. I mean, think about that, Deb. That's he came to power in 273 B.C., so this is a long time ago, and he's already talking about some of the elements of our Constitution and Declaration of Independence, which is pretty cool, don't you think? I think it's very cool. If you think about this in 273 B.C., I mean, that was almost 300 years before the birth of Jesus. So what was going on around the world in other cultures while he is in India promoting peace and vegetarianism and some really lovely, what we think of as today, very modern concept. I was just fascinated by that. He believed the only way to prevent further wars was through education and spiritual knowledge. 
and he thought it was his job to keep men from using their knowledge to create more war and evil in the world. He really felt he had this mission to somehow spare his people from going through this devastating war they had just gone through. And so Oshaka became dedicated to this idea of preserving all spiritual knowledge, but he knew he could not do this alone. So he sought out the most intelligent, wise men in India. This search, so legend says, resulted in the group of nine. These nine men were assigned the important role of preserving, researching, and preventing secret knowledge from getting into the hands of the wrong people. To keep these wise men safe, he never revealed their identity. His goal was for these men to gather up and secure all scientific knowledge, from chemistry and natural science to psychology. Ashoka feared if this knowledge fell into the average man's hands, man would use it to destroy his enemies and violence would continue. Now, the writer Sankala Beja says Ashoka tasked the men with manipulating India's culture so that to the outside world, the country would appear to be comprised of mystically oriented backward people so that the advanced scientific knowledge accumulated over time could be safeguarded from people with malicious intentions. Wait, wait, wait. I need, I need to process this. So basically what he did was he created this image to the outside world that the folks who were his subjects were really very mystically oriented and not very advanced in what was at the time the scientific perspectives of the day so that he could secretly preserve that knowledge with these nine men that he trusted implicitly. Got it. Yes, okay. yes. And he thought it would keep people safe from further war. He assigned each of these nine men a specific book, and it was each man's job to update, revise, and preserve this book. If one of the men could no longer continue his duties due to health or death or just wanting to retire, that man would have to find a replacement and be trained. So in this way, it is said that this group has allegedly survived for over two millennia. We know a lot about the nine unknown men, mainly from a book written in 1923 by Talbot Mundy. He wrote a novel called The Nine Unknown Men, where he detailed each of what these books contained. Now, Mundy had spent years working in India, first for the British government and later as a reporter for the Daily Mail. After a hunting accident, he was healed by a someone called a magico-religious specialist, which led him to explore Christian science. He later studied theosophy and became very embedded in that group, and then he was a proponent of spiritualism. And he wrote a series of novels and adventure short stories that were serialized, but his book, Unknown Men, really put together a description of what each of these books contain. And a lot of people believe that this novel is half fictionalized and half true because of all his time spent in India and studying theosophy and spiritualism and magic and ancient wisdom. So the first book, he says, is covering propaganda, and this book covers psychological warfare. Mundy writes that the most dangerous of all sciences is that of molding mass opinion because it would enable anyone to govern the whole world. This is now known as the most dangerous of the nine books. And I find that really interesting to think about, Deb, because we have the art of war, for example. We have all the evidence that came out after World War II of how propaganda was used to manipulate people on both sides. And to think that this was being written about 
in BC times is really mind blowing. It sure is. The second wow. book is on physiology. And it explains, one of the things it explains is how to kill someone just by touching them. It's called the touch of death and is said to involve a reversal of nerve impulses. Rumor says that judo is a direct result of leakages from this book. The third book is Microbiology, which covers microbiology and also biotechnology. The next one is Alchemy. It covers the transmutation of metals. But the cool part is there are lots and lots of stories throughout the years that in India during times of drought, temples and other religious centers would receive gold from secret sources. And this has since been attributed to the nine unknown men. The fifth book is Communication, which covers all types of communication, including extraterrestrial communication. Sixth book covers gravity, and it discusses the laws of gravity and is said to include instructions on how to make the Vita Zamana. These are flying chariots that are described in many ancient Hindu and Sanskrit texts. You may have read about them in some of their myth stories. They've been described as a car or chariot of the gods that flies through the sky and is self-moving. In Hindu, Vimana means aircraft. And you know what's interesting about that, Deb? I started reading the Secret Machine series, the uh, Tom DeLong fictionalized book of what he's doing with alien mm-hmm. disclosure. And in that fictionalized version of what he's trying to unveil to the public, he discusses an aircraft that the government, our government has that is controlled simply with the pilot's mind. And when I was reading about these Vedic Vimanas, that's what it sounds like they do as well, because they're described as self-driving chariots. You know, as you're talking, and I have to just interrupt here, as you were describing the chariot, flying chariot, I, of course, could see the chariot key from the tarot, and I've always thought of that symbol in relationship to Roman and Greek mythology, but now I'm now I realize that I've been I may be wrong. See, this is what I mean when I say to my students that I learn something new about tarot all the time. And what is the symbol in the middle of the front of the chariot key in the Weight Rider deck? It's that Indian Hindu symbol of unity. Oh, interesting, isn't it? So now I got to go back and do a whole lot more research on the chariot key in tarot. So thank you. Cool. You no, know, that makes me think too because I always interpreted on that card he's driving the chariot and yet he's not holding the reins. Right. So I've always interpreted that card as, you know, success is coming but you have to surrender a little bit. You know, you have to let the universe help guide this journey and now I'm wondering if it's more of an indication of these self-driving vehicles who knows well and you know then we could go off on a whole tangent about the thing who are polar opposites of each other and about finding balance at the feet of the chariot at the charioteer's feet so yeah we'll come back to this this is a whole other thing to be thinking about okay (laughs) the seventh book is Cosmogony And this book covers matters pertaining to the universe and is believed to hold the secrets of time travel. The next book is covering light, and it includes how to increase and decrease the speed of light and how to use it as a weapon. And the ninth book is on sociology. It includes an overview of managing a society, how to tell if it's flourishing or declining, 
and how to manage the success of a civilization. So that covers quite a broad range. Okay, I have a question. My question is, all right, these these topics are amazing and amazingly comprehensive for any time period. Still trying to wrap my head around, you know, more than 2000 years ago. But as they as these books were written more than 2000 years ago, and as we as people have learned more over time, have the books been changed and updated or are they still as they were? No, they the job of each of the nine unknown men, it's his job or her job. I'd like to think that since they're so forward-thinking, there may have been a woman in this group at some point. Uh, it's his you. or her job to continually revise and update and add to these books. Okay, thank you. That's that's nice to hear. Okay, gotcha. Now, it's believed that this group, that they still do exist and that they are still influencing world events. Some scientists and even Yuri Geller claim members of this group have contacted them. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Many have speculated throughout the years as to who these nine men are. Some believe the group contained well-known scientists, doctors, Tibetan monks, Rosicrucians, Freemasons, inventors, and even a pope. This is a pretty neat story, Deb. Pope Sylvester II, who was born in 920, AD was a Benedictine monk and a professor at the University of Rheims. He says that when he was in Spain, a strange voyage brought him to India. And that's all I could find about that. So I don't know, did he follow someone and jump on a ship? Was he transported, teleported? Everything I researched just said a mysterious voyage, a strange voyage, an unknown voyage. That's all I could get. So somehow he's in Spain and he ends up in India. And it's reported that here he learned certain skills that stunned people who knew him. One story says he returned from India with a bronze statue of a head that would reply correctly yes or no to questions asked to it on politics and religion. Now, Pope Sylvester II, he said this was a simple automaton, which is similar to our current binary machines today, so kind of like a primitive form of a robot. The bronze head was destroyed after his death because his contemporaries believed he must be in league with the devil. Now, I found a really interesting article on this written in 1954. It was from the Computers and Automation Journal. And the writer of this article wrote, We must suppose that Pope Sylvester was possessed of extraordinary knowledge and the most remarkable mechanical skills and inventiveness. This speaking head must have been fashioned under a certain conjunction of stars occurring at the exact moment when all the planets were starting on their courses. Neither the past nor the present nor the future entered into it since this invention apparently far exceeded in its scope its rival, the perverse mirror on the wall of the queen, the precursor of our modern electronic brain. Now, did you think we were going to bring fairy tales into this discussion? I was up for anything with this discussion when I started doing my research. I never thought of the mirror on the wall as an automaton. I, that just really made my head go into different directions. It was interesting to think about. Yeah, I, I had to read this quote, realizing that it's from a 1954, to try to even get my head around this. As I was reading this material from the for the first time, what I kept seeing in my mind's eye was the night that 
was on the desk of the curator of the Louvre in Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code and how it was implanted with a little microphone, you know. And I kept thinking, wow, even back then they were making these talking head things. How many years ago was that? Sylvester was doing this in at right around the year 1000. Just amazing. Now, other members that are rumored to have been a part of this group include the scientist, I'm going to butcher his name and I apologize, Vikram Saravi, who created India's space program. The scientist Jagadish Chandra Bose is said to be a member. He contributed greatly to our discovery of microwaves. In 1860, a French consul in Calcutta named Louise Jacoliet, working under the Second Empire, he wrote many prophetic works, including occult science in India. He referred to science completely unknown at the time, such as sterilization through radiation, the liberation of energy, and psychological warfare. Hmm, sounds a lot like some of those nine books we just discussed. That one can use radiation to sterilize water. He believed that the sacred temple hollowed out in the bed of the Ganges somehow employs the sterilization technique to purify the waters. It's odd that people suffering from disease can bathe in the waters here in India and not infect healthy people bathing right next to them. Many have asked, why does this happen here and not in the Amazon or the same? Is it because they have used the sterilization of water technique to get rid of bacteria? I mean, now we're looking at comparison to Emoto's research, the spiritual aspects of working with water. And because there's not a, I mean, look at how sacred and how revered the Ganges River is and the temple in the river. Now we've got the sacredness of water in some way connected to the science of water. Yeah, and right around this time, you have the miracles at Lourdes in those waters. Right. What if there is some science there as well? It's really interesting. The more you dive into magic, the more you discover science. Oh, absolutely. And I think the more you dive into science, the more you dive into magic. I agree. <laughs> now, one of Louis Pasteur's uh. closest friends, a man named Alexander Yersin, who was a noted doctor, he visited India in 1860, where he said to have received instructions from mysterious people on how to make medicine to cure cholera and the plague. So some people say that Alexander Yerson was a member of this Nine Unknown Men, and others say he was visited by members of the Nine Unknown Men. Because legend says that these, this group, the secret society, will visit certain important scientists or thinkers or inventors, appear to them or somehow channel information to them to help advance civilization. Here's a question. Throughout the ages, these nine unknown men have, and hopefully women, have always been from India? No. Pope Sylvester, for example, was not from India. But was um, he one of well, the nine unknown men? A lot of people think he was. And again, it's kind of going back to what I said about this Alexander Yersin. Some people right. say that these men are a part of the group or were just visited by the group. Right. Okay. Here's a quote from that book I referenced earlier on in the show, The Morning of the Magicians, which is written by Louis Hawells and Jacques Bergier. It's a really good book. They said, Avoiding all forms of religious, social, or political agitations deliberately and perfectly concealed from the public eye. The nine were the incarnation of the ideal man of science, serenely aloof, but conscious of his moral obligations, having the power to mold the destiny of the human race, but refraining from its exercise. 
This secret society is the finest tribute imaginable to freedom of the most exalted kind. Looking down from the watchtower of their hidden glory, these nine unknown men watched civilization being born, destroyed, and born again, tolerant rather than indifferent and ready to come to the rescue, but always observing that rule of silence that is the mark of human greatness. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. a pretty powerful quote. It really is. Let's let people process that, and we may even quote it again here, and let's take a break and talk about our sponsor, shall we? So this week, everybody, we are sponsored by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shot plans and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. You can choose from three different plans, classic, family, and veggie. With HelloFresh, you can enjoy not having to shop, plan, or think about your meal planning. It's a great way to get the whole family involved in cooking. Each meal is shipped right to your door and comes with pre-measured labeled ingredients that include step-by-step illustrated recipe cards, which help you feel more confident in the kitchen and makes cooking fun. With HelloFresh, you get healthy, filling meals delivered right to your door for less than $10 a serving. And what I love about it, Deb, is it's forcing me and my family to try new things. For example, last week, I made chicken tacos with pineapple kiwi salsa, and I found out that my youngest daughter now loves kiwis. That's great. And just this Uh week, on like a super busy Tuesday night, when I was working all day and had to take one of my kids to tutoring and another child over here, and I got home at 6.30, I still had my HelloFresh meal ready to go, and I made garlic herb buttered sirloin steak. That is a Sunday meal normally for me. 
But with HelloFresh, I was able to do it in under 30 minutes. That's so cool. I love it, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I love the recipes. I love the recipe cards. I love the way HelloFresh works, and I love the food. It's just it's great stuff. It really is. So for a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash Teachers60, enter promo code Teachers60 to save big and start enjoying your time in the kitchen once again. And we thank HelloFresh for sponsoring our show. Let's dive back into our unsolved mystery. What do you think of about a rumor, a legend, a myth? that survives in several different cultures and belief systems. I think there must be something to it. (laughs) I just think that when something has stood the test of time, there is bound to be a kernel of truth. There is bound to be a basis for this. I, I just can't help but think that there is. We talk about these nine unknown men, but there's also the nine book of magic, the nine books of magic that are talked about in the Celtic tradition. And, you know, we, we could go off on a whole tangent about about nine and the mysterious, wonderful meanings. That's another key. When we see similarities in various cultures from varying locations around the world, there also is another validation for what we're seeing here. I don't doubt that these folks exist. Do you? No, I don't. What do you think about the idea of keeping this knowledge secret because that's the only issue I have. I I don't think anything good ever comes out of keeping education under wraps. I don't either, but I also can see where there can be so much misunderstanding, misinformation, misinterpretation. If you just look at the world today, whew, and if you look at what is news today, for example, just and it used to be when I was a child, the television set turned on at, to watch the nightly news at 7 o'clock. And back in those days, we had three networks, NBC, ABC, and CBS. They were usually fairly similar. And, of course, we know now that we didn't get all the news or all the information or that there were spins on it. But we didn't know it back then. Today, in, in our world today with so many news outlets and so much, quote, fake news. How do you know what is truth? And truth, I think, and I've given this a lot of thought in the past several years, truth becomes what we believe it is rather than what it is. If we, quote, turn loose information that is not able really to be understood or can be used in a way that is detrimental is the right thing to do to to not share it or to find a way to share it where it's really understood by folks in a way that is not harmful. So I don't know. I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, and I know I am, because I, I really I struggle with that very question. I take, for example, I am fascinated with the idea of black holes and antimatter and the research that's being done on that. I, I'm just mesmerized by it. Do I understand it? Oh, hell no. Nowhere close do I understand what I'm reading. But I'm trying to grasp it. But should you turn me loose in a place where I have my uh, the ability to make antimatter? I don't think so because I don't know what I'm doing. I respectfully disagree. Okay. You know, I, well, I read a book a few years ago on all the tumult that and went around. And I'm not around. sure I agree with me. 
can I just interrupt a minute? I'm not sure I agree with you. Yeah, I can, I can too. I can see both sides. But I read this book about the, when the printing press was being invented. A lot of the mm-hmm. men that were involved in that were imprisoned or killed. And yep, certainly many of the men who were printing the Bible were killed. And it's because the church did not want the Bible printed in a readable language because they didn't want people to have that power of knowledge. They wanted to control. And I just think anytime we try to control knowledge and information, it doesn't go well. And there's another really good book called, I think it's called Better Angels of Our Nature. And it's written by this man who studied violence in the last 2,000 years and was able to prove that we are now living in the most peaceable time that has ever existed on this planet, which I know if you watch the news, sounds hard to believe, but he... It's hard to believe it. think about how this man was, had this noble endeavor of securing all the scientific knowledge so that men couldn't do evil, it looks like his plan didn't work because the last 2,000 years have been pretty darn violent. They sure have. I just think that everything good comes out of freedom and freedom of speech and freedom of knowledge and freedom to seek answers on your own. So I wish if this were true, I wish that those nine men uh, and hopefully women would come forward and share what they know because God knows not sharing has not prevented us from genocides and wars and all sorts of atrocious things. You know that thing we do, and I know you do this too, where we wish we could go to a certain place in a certain period of time and be transported and learn in, in another way. And one of one of the places I've always wanted to be able to, to go to was the library at Alexandria. Haven't you? All the time. That and the Vatican Library. I, I think that the Alexandria Library, I think it was burned on purpose. Oh, I do too. I do too. And, and that exactly speaks to what you were just saying. I believe that too. Yes, I believe knowledge is power. Yes, I do. How it's shared and used is where where the rub comes, I think. Right, but it's like, you know, a knife, for example, can be used to kill someone or to cook your HelloFresh meal. And I think if you give people the tool and then you give them the knowledge behind the tool, yeah, some of them are going to use it for evil purposes. We're not going to stop evil in this world at this time, but we're certainly not going to stop evil in this world at this time by keeping knowledge from the good people, too. True. Don't you wonder how it would feel to be one of these nine people and carry the weight of that responsibility? That would be a burden. Would it not? It would be it like not? being a Supreme Court justice magnified times infinity. But it would also be interesting. I think the hardest part besides keeping a secret, which I'm terrible at. The other hardest part would be finding a replacement. I, I was wondering as I was doing this research, how do they, what do they do? Go to the Nobel Prize conventions? <laughs> how do they find their replacements? <laughs> I don't you, would, know. you would have to find someone that is not only smart, but is also ethical. Right now I'm right. reading a really good book by Annie Jacobson called Operation Paperclip. And it's all about her research into how we Americans got all these Nazi scientists to come over and work on our space program to compete with the Russians. And we whitewashed their whole history. And she was Mm -hmm. able to unveil and uncover that. One of the chapters I was just reading was that when the American soldiers went into Germany, they found so many examples of chemical warfare 
that obviously we knew about. I mean, that started in World War One, but what the Germans were doing with this chemical war, weaponry and, and biowarfare were things we didn't understand. And when they, when the American soldiers sent these examples to our American scientists, they couldn't figure out what it was. It wasn't until they brought the Nazi scientists over that they were able to, back engineer isn't the right word, but you know, explain what this was and what it could do. And I think about how even without these nine books, nefarious people have been able to get this knowledge. And and how much better off would we be if, you know, good moral ethical people had this knowledge as well? Now the time travel thing, I've done a lot of thinking about that. I do not think the average person needs to be hanging around in a time machine. But some of this other stuff, people need to understand. People need to understand how propaganda works. You were talking before about truth in, in the news. If we understood how much propaganda infiltrates our daily news, we would be so much more empowered when we go to the voting polls. If we understood how much this sinks in, I just think it would be one of our listeners sent me an article, for example, over the summer about how the KGB infiltrated the Vatican simply to make the Catholic Church look bad so they could spread communism. I never knew that. Did you know that? No. I didn't. I mean, there's there's just so many underground, hidden weirdnesses that governments do to control their people. So even if these nine unknown men exist, and even if they do keep all their science and time travel and the speed of light stuff secret, at the very least, I think they should release information on how these secret governments and, and actual normal in-your-face governments are using this knowledge to control our opinion and public thinking. So let me, I don't want to say challenge, but let me invite you to think about what you've just said in another way. And that is, I think what I've just heard you say is, well, maybe not all of this all at one time, but some of this needs to be sent out to the public. Okay, mm-hmm. great. All right. Then what makes your idea of what should be disseminated right, and I use that word in quotes, as opposed to what someone else might think is right or not. So once we start drawing line on what information and how much information and to whom, then what have we done? We've become the controller. We've then taken away. It's either all or nothing. We've entered the slippery slope. What I'm saying is I understand why they're keeping alchemical knowledge secret, while they're keeping extraterrestrial knowledge secret, science, chemical warfare. I understand why all of that needs to be a secret. But what I'm saying is that first book and that last book, the first book on propaganda and the ninth book on sociology, I don't see the harm in releasing that. But someone else might. What would be the harm in it? I don't know. I'm just saying it doesn't matter. What matters is that someone else's opinion may differ from yours. And I understand that, and I'd be open to hearing what would be wrong about telling people how we are being controlled, but I'd I'd like to hear the argument. Yeah, and I don't know that I have one. I'm just saying that that in principle, once we start on that slippery slope, it stays a slippery slope. Yeah, it does. But all the good things in life often are a slippery slope. I'm reading, I just finished, Barbara Kingsolver's new book called Unsheltered, and it is excellent. I just love it. And she's, there's a juxtaposition of two stories that weave together in the book. And one of them is a a modern family in a rundown neighborhood. And the other is another set of folks in that same neighborhood. 
at the time that Darwin was just making his discoveries and people were discussing it and trying to, some folks trying to teach it in schools and just the world of opening up to, to Darwinism was just all over the place. And the problems that, of course, folks ran into in trying to bring in that new way of thinking into the world. And it, it was truly fascinating to, to think in terms of what it must have been like to be somebody who was so excited, who was a scientist, who was so excited to try to bring in this new thought and to be squashed by the status quo, by people who are very threatened by that. And I think that the folks who might be very threatened by what you've suggested, that we just open all of this information up, the people who might be threatened, who might feel they have something to lose, I think so we would just create a domino effect of really bad stuff that would happen yeah, to I the world. So, I, I think it's like if we go back to the tarot, it would be like the tower card where, yeah, there would be some upheaval and destruction, but it would result after you're tumbling down that slippery slope in our freedom. Because when you keep knowledge from the masses, you consolidate power in the hands of a few. So sure, they're going to be upset if that knowledge gets out because then they're going to lose their power. And I'm not talking about socialist ideas or communism or anything off like that. I'm just talking about what you said before, knowledge is power. All of my friends are very, very intelligent. My friends are well-read, well-educated, and I've been talking to them. I'm fascinated by that news story about the journalist in Khashoggi who was murdered in Turkey. And do you know that not one of my friends knew what I was talking about? No. Yeah, not one. Oh, my God, I have prayed for that man's family for, good golly. But I am sure the average person could tell me when Kim Kardashian's birthday is or what Kanye got her for her birthday last year. So I'm just concerned that we're all being distracted by what we think is news, but it's really not news. Well, yes. And then we don't really see what's going on, what's real, and, and what we really need to be concerned about and focused on. So I don't know. I just think it's, a, it's one of those discussions that doesn't have a right or wrong answer because I definitely see your point. I just feel so passionate about knowledge and, and not keeping it from people. I don't know why well, I keep coming back to this as my example, but I do. Back to the Da Vinci Code again, which I know is old and a lot of people have read it a long time ago. But, but if you think about the premise that Dan Brown puts forth in that book, that if, for example, if Jesus were married, to Mary Magdalene, if they had a child, if he was in fact a mortal that would call into perhaps to some people his divinity, what would that do to people whose entire belief system is focused around his immortality, his divinity as opposed to his humanness? And that becomes a huge control question for particularly the Catholic Church, but Christianity in general. I can see where the, the church needs to control that. I don't agree with it. Do not misunderstand that. But I can certainly see where the control would need to come in. And, of course, it comes down to controlling beliefs and controlling finances. So much of it also has to do with, with money. Well, let's bring it down to a much simpler example. Let's say that, okay. you, let's say that you were adopted. 
and your parents wanted to keep that knowledge secret from you to spare your feelings. They didn't want you to ever think you were not wanted. They never told you. Is that right or is that wrong? Well, in today's world, we say, no, of course it's not right. But you can understand the parents' inclination to hide that, right? Haven't you known people who found out later in life that they were adopted and they will say, I always thought something was missing? Yes, I, I, I certainly had a friend have seen that. Who, um, in high school, he found out that his mother was pregnant with twins and he survived and the twin did not. And the mother never told him that because she'd never wanted him to feel bad wow. about being the survivor. And it messed with his head because he always felt something like that. He always felt that something was missing. And sometimes I think that at the heart of all of us, we feel that. I call it spiritual homesickness, where we know something is missing in our soul and we don't know what it is. And I think what it is is truth, truth of who we are, truth of where we came from, and truth of where we're going. I would not disagree with you about that. You you know, if you think about this, one of the things that's the foundation of what you and I teach and has been for as long as we have been teachers and certainly as long as we've been doing this podcast, is that we believe everybody is intuitive. We've said that thousands of times. And we really do believe it. And I think we have many, 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 many stories to back that up with um, the folks with whom we work and our students and our clients. And think about in the world of metaphysics, how for so many years the notion that intuition was a part of everybody's life was hidden away. That Oh, there was something special about you if you were intuitive. You mm-hmm. you had, right? And, and we said, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Everybody says intuitive anybody else. It's a muscle that needs exercising. I've heard you say that sentence a zillion times, right? So, right. so think about that that you and I become the disseminators of that information because we believe that and we have some kind of anecdotal at least proof that it's true. And here's what I want to say to you about what you said about the whole Dan Brown thing because I've given a lot of thought to that and I've given a lot of thought to what I'm going to say next. I think one of humans' greatest attributes is also their greatest weakness in a way. It's our adaptability. We have this innate ability to adapt to our surroundings. I think it's our greatest strength because it helps us survive atrocities. And I think it's our greatest weakness because it encourages us to put up with little atrocities in our life, such as a damaging relationship or a soul-sucking job. So I think our adaptability can be a weakness, but ultimately it's our greatest strength. And if we did find the truth, I think it would create shock but I think ultimately we would adapt, and then we would be free. Well, all righty then. I think that's great stuff to ponder. What is our Audible book this week? Well, our Audible suggestion this week is a book I have not read, but it was suggested to me by a listener. This one is called My Sisters, the Saints. Author Colin Carroll Campbell blends her personal narrative of spiritual seeking, trials, stumbles, and breakthroughs with the stories of six women saints who profoundly changed her life. Drawing upon the rich writings and examples of these extraordinary women, the author reveals Christianity's liberating power for women and the relevance of the saints to the lives of contemporary Christians. 
like that would be a nice balance to talk about some ancient female wise women. <laughs> My sisters, the saint, plural, both words. Yeah, I got it. Okay. If you go to audibletrial.com slash psychic teachers, you can try that book for free for one month. So every month with Audible, you get one free audiobook a month. But now you also get two Audible originals plus any audiobook of your choosing. So it's three downloads a month. You get for free with your monthly membership. And your first month is free if you go to audibletrial.com slash psychic teachers. And we really thank you for supporting both of our sponsors, HelloFresh and Audible. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion of the nine unknown men. Please feel free to send us your feedback on this show and what you think about our discussions. If you have suggestions for unsolved mystery shows in the future, please send them. I enjoy reading those as well. In the meantime, don't forget to be the light and have a beautiful week, everyone. Take care, everybody. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.